Welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We will be discussing... What season of it is it? Selling Sunset season... Four? Four. It's so weird because it feels like one, two, and three all happen at the same time. Yeah, I feel that exact same way. I was... I didn't even know it existed, and then season three dropped... And everyone is obsessed with it. And do we know when we're getting season five? March 2021 is what I'm seeing on Cosmo. (laughs) Does that give us a real day? I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, March, March 2021. Not sure what the exact day. Okay. So soon. Yeah, still, I'm glad we don't have to wait that long. Well, especially because we'll get into this, but they're like, because they're now like so well known, there are like plot lines that we already know about because they've been in the news. So then it's just like I'm watching it waiting for things to happen that I know happen. Yeah, it's actually so that's such a good point. It's like they've they're almost to Kardashian status in that way. Yeah. Mm hmm. Hmm. So anyway. Fun things to talk about, though, so it shall be a great time. Yes. But f- first, we've got TV news. One thing I have to report on is that Netflix is apparently making a movie about that grandma who accidentally invited a stranger to Thanksgiving dinner that, like, went viral. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm, I lo- um, absolutely I absolutely love that story. I don't know if I like I would rather I would actually rather just see them interview the real people. Like why I don't who are they going to cast? <laughs> I have no idea, but I it will be it'll be interesting to see. That will definitely be very interesting. Very funny. It's like when they made um <laughs> It's like when they made the TV series about the Twitter account shit my dad says. <laughs> and everyone was like no (laughs) i don't think that last i forgot about that Hmm. yeah that makes me want to i now i want an oral history of like that tv series it's like yeah well and that'll make a if if and when we watch that we can it'll make a great top three of like random events in history that seem very small but were really entertaining and yeah. We would like to see it turn into a TV or movie. <laughs> Seriously. Well, and like you could do like me- like memes we want to see made into movies and stuff. <laughs> that would be Poot. so funny. That'd be my- one of my Oh, I would love ones. to watch my the nut-top. movie of Poot. <laughs> Legendary. There- Someday there's going to be like a meme museum. Oh, and totally. That's going to that was going to be like the Mona Lisa of it. <laughs> <laughs> Poot Lovato. Justice for Poot. Um, something very interesting is that um, Cara Delevingne was just cast in Only Murders in the Building Season 2. Um, and it actually says, like, she already has a character name, according to this Variety host. So she's been cast as Alice, a sophisticated art world insider who becomes enmeshed in the mystery. And very here for that. Yeah, especially because, uh, like, Kara and uh, Selena are friends IRL. 
Mm-hmm. So that will be fun. And they'll probably have good chemistry. But it is, I am like a little bit scared of Kara's acting chops because of Suicide Squad. But I'm willing to give her a second chance. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of anything else I've seen. Oh, I did see, I saw Paper Towns and didn't really like it that much either. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, I don't know. We'll see maybe even how much she's going to be in it. And, um, like, maybe, like, using her sparingly will be effective. And, like, because Selena's character, I think, has, like, like taps into the art world as well. So I'm in- intrigued to see how it plays out. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, I can't remember if we covered this or not. Did we cover Pen15 at having it be the final season? No, because that was six days ago. Okay. Um, some very bittersweet news is that this last uh, group of episodes, which is a part two to season two of Pen15, is the last Pen15 we'll ever see, which is very, very sad. But I get it. As I'm wa- I've been watching the new season, and I'm almost done with it, it is kind of like... Yeah, I don't know if they can keep it going. It's like, it's almost like too real and like too weird now and sad. I don't know. We'll talk about it next week, I'm sure. But it's interesting. But sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm only one episode into the new season so far. So, yeah, sad, but it's okay. Uh, my last piece of news is related to Selling Sunset because it is about the spinoff Selling Tampa that's coming December 15th, which is now I'm just realizing is literally next week, which is <laughs> really wild. Um, and it's, yeah, Selling Tampa. Netflix dropped the trailer and it look I think it looks pretty good because it's a, it's about a female owned all black, all female real estate firm in Tampa. And so that's cool. Um, It is just, it's something interesting that, I mean, it's just a fact of selling sunset. So it's not even like it requires a ton of discussion, but it's funny how it's like in the first episode of season four, Jason's like, Oh, we're going to hire a new person. And someone asks, Oh, is it a guy or a girl? And it's like, what do you think? Like it's (laughs) Jason, which, and I think, I was talking to someone who was like, well, I think at the real um, Oppenheim group, like, there are male realtors, but, like, they're nowhere near, they're nowhere on the show. Like, we don't, they're neither Mm -hmm. seen nor heard. (laughs) So it's like, Mm -hmm. but it's just so funny. And so it's like, there is a weirdness about how it's like the two guys in charge and then, like, all their beautiful lady realtors. So it's kind of cool that something Tampa will be run by a woman, too. So that's, like, a fun dynamic. I'm I was intrigued by the trailer for sure. And I didn't watch the trailer. I just saw a photo of the cast, but there are male. Is there males in Selling Tampa? Mm, Well, or is it all women? I'm not sure. I thought that it was all women. And in the, I was just reading off of a Netflix tweet that says all black, all female, but okay. It could be a similar thing where that means like the cast of the show or something. But, like, there are other male realtors. I don't know. 
Well, I was also, I got caught up in like the Selling Sunset spinoff remark when I first saw the news about that too, because I was like, wait, this is separate from like the OC Oppenheim group. Like it's a different group completely, but it's just like similar concept. Is mm-hmm. is that correct? Okay. That's, yeah, because this one is called Allure Realty, where it is interesting that then they, again, I... It's not really a spoiler to say that, like, season five of Selling Sunset will talk... Because Jason makes a big deal about um, how he's opening another group in California. Like you just like you just said, the in the OC. Mm-hmm. So... Which we've already reported on on this podcast. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> so that was, like... It was funny because I... I wasn't even, I felt like everyone already knew that fact. So when that was like the big reveal at the end of the season, I was like, oh, we already knew that. It was so stupid. Um, Well, and something that I want to talk to you about is, and I haven't researched this very much, but it's interesting because they have made other announcements that didn't really seem to actually happen. For example, Davina was very much in the cast this season. (laughs) Even yes. though she, they literally announced that she, I mean, now, I mean, now do I remember if she just said she's leaving the Oppenheim group? Did they confirm she was also leaving the cast? But I feel like they did say she was also leaving the cast. So I don't know. And maybe, maybe that was, maybe that was true at the time. And then she came crawling back mm-hmm. and then they were like, we won't report this because we want it to be a secret, which is the worst secret they could have ever kept. I would have liked <laughs> a heads up. That Davina was going to be in it kind of a lot. Yeah, she was like kind of a big player this in this season. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't go so far to say a power player, but like she had a <laughs> lot of airtime. So that was confusing because yeah. I did kept I did keep thinking that she was going to be like mentioned, like occasionally when we first saw her, but then like not actually be an employee. And then lo and behold, there she is back in the office like it was it was weird for sure I thought it was just gonna be like a lol remember that girl Davina and that really ridiculous house that she was trying to sell ha ha that was funny mm-hmm. but it wasn't that at all yeah and there's also like the Brett Oppenheim too aspect of it where it's like yeah like we heard he was leaving yeah and then yeah, I was confused. So, yeah, those are mainly my only two things. But so now I just take all the reports with a grain of salt, sort of, because those two things have yet to play out on screen. We we never know. Um, I do feel like I just derailed you from something you were saying. I don't remember what it was. Oh, about like spinoffs and what what's this? Because like that's going to. Th- so let's go back to the new realtors. Like the mm-hmm. new the new office they're opening or whatever, but it doesn't sound like that's going to be its own show, is it? Or is it? I think it is, but I don't. I don't know. Hmm. Because they're no longer selling Sunset; they're selling like the OC. Yeah. So that was my understanding was that it was like a new show, but yeah. So that makes and that's still Oppenheim. So it's like that is still very yes. closely related and Jason will probably like there probably will be like overlap between the casts too mm-hmm. like showing up and then this one selling Tampa kind of like real housewives and how they kind of inter collide sometimes 
Oh, okay, okay. And even, like, the hills, like, people from Laguna Beach pop up that are not regulars on the hills kind of thing. Yes. And then selling Tampa, really the only similarity is that it's the same producer. Okay. I didn't know that it was the same producer even, so that makes more sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Same producer and concept, but that's it. Yes. So it's like almost to use the Real Housewives um, analogy, it's like in completely different states, there's not really that much overlap between casts there, Mm -hmm. but it's still all on Bravo, you know, like it's, hmm. But it would be fun if Maya transferred to that realty group so that she could be with her husband in florida Mm -hmm. i mean that's honestly that is something that gets a little confusing to me because i'm like why do i think (laughs) there's a tampa for like link there and that's it that's what it is yeah interesting i love that that was basically our whole episode i know it's like (laughs) should we end with top three i had had one more piece of news but i'm just gonna skip it because it was just about marvelous Mrs. Maisel dropping on February eighteenth. Okay. Oh, okay. There, um, there's the news. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so, selling sunset. This season, there is, there's this plot that takes place during the whole season. Sorry, I like that phrasing better. And it has to do with a love triangle, and. Jordan and I were shocked to learn that we haven't talked about love triangles really on this podcast. If we have, I guess, let us know. But I don't think we have. At least not as and a top three. Yes. I couldn't find any any remnants of such a thing. And wow, do I have a long list. Because I thought <laughs> it would be more fun if they were all different than if we have like the same ones. So I have a bunch to choose from. Um, so, Jordan... What are your top, what's your number three favorite love triangle? Yeah, I mean, looking through almost any drama TV show, like, it is the trope to use. Love triangles. Which is funny, because, like, how often does it happen in real life? Well, I was going to ask, because, like, have you ever been in a love triangle? I definitely haven't. I don't think I have. I've definitely maybe liked two boys. <laughs> <laughs> But they're never fighting over me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if it, if I have been, it's just been, like, made up in my own mind. Like, I like one guy, and he doesn't like me back, but there is a guy that does like me, so I guess maybe I should just like him. That's usually more, more of what is happening. It, well, because that's my next question, I guess, is almost like, it's like you know a love triangle when you see it, especially mm-hmm. on TV, duh. But it's like, what does really constitute a love triangle? It's like, there has to be three people involved, two people like the same person. But it's also, I feel I feel like, important that both the people that are kind of fighting over someone kind of, like, know about the other person. I feel like on TV, it's not always happening behind someone's back. Like, that's just mm-hmm. cheating, you know? It's different than mm-hmm. just, like, cheating. It's that, like, someone has two options and... At least one of the options has to know and be competitive with the other option, you know? That's a great point. And I feel like in most of them, um, they have all dated, like, single, singly 
they've all dated like one-on-one at some point mm-hmm. and so like there's always history involved for the most part yeah at least with one of them because i feel like a lot of times it's like one of them one of the selling points is that one has history and then maybe the other is like a new option or something like there are multiple ways to do a love triangle mm-hmm. and it's so interesting that like it's so compelling to people like to audiences to watch yeah it's really really interesting and I feel like a lot of shows I actually get really frustrated by it because I've probably complained about this before but I feel like in a lot of shows I just get really sick of like okay are we really supposed to think as viewers like these are the only two people available if that's the case I want none none of them for the Mm -hmm. most part Mm -hmm. because it's just like that's not believable that's coming from a girl who has zero options (laughs) (laughs) well it's that's one of the things too is that it's like I feel like and it's not limited to like teen shows it's very prevalent in shows for people of all ages which is really funny imagine like adults getting into love triangles is really freaky and i mean i guess it happens but i feel like in real life it's actually very sad and stressful and like not as this like wild romantic situation like tv wants you to believe especially when you're young Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's just like it's not healthy no not at all but wow is that i haven't been in one but I would probably accept it. <laughs> I'm really, tr- I think that like, I'm just remembering earlier today when we were having a, dis- me and Taylor were having a discussion about too many fun concerts coming up that are just not feasible financially or even calendar wise. And if I can't handle that kind of stress, I don't You're think right. I would, I would stand up to the pressure of having two men that I loved equally fighting over me and have to decide between them. So that I'm that's all I'm saying. Good perspective. Okay, I take it back. I think it would and just the fact that's like knowing that one of these people is going to be like heartbroken after it all. And also the fear that you picked the wrong person. Mm-hmm. That sucks. So I really I would never handle Terrifying. a love triangle well. And it's funny because we actually ended that conversation with saying well, I guess we'll just choose none. <laughs> yeah. Uh, LOL. Uh, little did Hilarious. I know that that was a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So to answer your question, my, <laughs> my number three, but I, I like, I'm glad we had kind of that philosophical discussion. Like, okay, what even is it? And what is yeah, the deal like with love it. triangles? So my number three, very relevant to current television right now. I thought of Insecure because... Something I was trying to think of, like, what are ones that's like, it's not just your typical love triangle? Because something Mm -hmm. that I find interesting with Insecure, so Issa, she's, like, in kind of a couple love triangles throughout the series, but one side is always Lawrence. Mm -hmm. So... Good point. Great point. So, interesting, interesting, interesting. I (laughs) I didn't watch last night's new episode yet. And I still haven't watched the uh, episode from the week before. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, that'll be a fun treat for you to have two to watch because they just always go by so quick. But 
Yeah, so I'm just saying that's pretty interesting. Considering we're in the last season, we still don't know who Lisa's going to end up with. But Lawrence is literally always part of the triangle. So that's a really good observation. Thank I'm you. I'm going to keep that in my head. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And what's great answer. Thank you very much. What is your number three? Um, My number three, I... My top three, and this is if I don't change any of my answers, which I don't think I will because you actually haven't watched actually any of these. I Really? I mean, you've watched a little bit of one of them. Okay, perfect. When I was choosing my top threes, all three of these love triangles, I like had a really hard time figuring out kind of like who I would choose if I were the person in the love triangle because like both are really good options because there are times, for example... With Scandal, I hated Jake. I never wanted Jake. I always <laughs> wanted Fitz for Olivia. So, like, for me, it wasn't even a love triangle. It was just a love line with, like, a random dot blip, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes in love triangles on TV, they feel really forced when one mm-hmm. is clearly endgame and the other one isn't even, like, a worthy competitor. Exactly. So, with that said, my... Number three choice, I did have a little bit more of a sway towards someone, and that is on Jane the Virgin, and it was between Jane, Michael, and Raphael, and I feel dumb talking about this because I still haven't finished the show, so I still (laughs) don't even know who she really ends up with. I was always team Raphael, but I really understood people that were team Michael and where they were coming from because it was like very legitimate. They did have great chemistry and were really fun together. And I didn't think that I didn't want Raphael to be the winner because just because he was so hot. But I also just really liked their chemistry as well. So good job, Jane the Virgin. Love it. Yeah, I love that. And a fun uh, reason to have a love triangle. Like the concept of Jane the Virgin in general is very funny. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I should just that would be a really fun one to binge. I never watched it. Oh, totally. It. Okay, my number two. This is a this is the show that on my list that you have not seen, but I picked Crazy Ex Girlfriend. She's in. There's like three main love interests, and in at various times she's kind of in love triangles. But it's like since the show is like explicitly about her mental health and like her going to therapy and her spiraling and getting in like really dark places at times mentally and stuff and like her whole past there are love triangles but they're exploring like they go into into great depth of like which of these options in the love triangle like and um what their effects are on her mental health and like why she's drawn to certain ones at different times in her own mental health journey and Mm -hmm. so to me it's like that's it's, like, on the surface, just kind of a typical, like, oh, here's some love interests. Let's have them compete, you know? But it's actually, like, goes deeper than that and explores, like, who's actually her best option, who is actually really unhealthy and, like, toxic for her own personal tendencies and all this stuff. So it's pretty interesting. That is really interesting. I really like that. That would be very fascinating. Yeah, it really, it really is, and um, yeah, I and I feel I like we like don't that. always 
root for the most healthy choice. No, sometimes. Well, some the one that didn't make the cut, but I was as I was brainstorming was Vampire Diaries, and it's like Ian Summerhalder. To me, I think a lot of most of the fans prefer him, but I think it's because he's like the bad boy of the show. He's the least reliable. He's the most exciting, you know, and so like that's mm-hmm. like spicy and sexy that like he can like like oh can she change him and it's like no <laughs> like you shouldn't <laughs> encourage people to be with people hopefully hoping that they will change them like if this were real life exactly. you know so exactly yeah and like i said with scandal fitz was literally married and the president of the united states <laughs> but still loved him uh my number 2 I don't think you've watched. Have you watched One Tree Hill? No. I never watched One Tree Hill. That wasn't one of the teen shows that I watched. I watched it. I watched it a little bit in high school, but I like binged all of it in college. Oh, and, okay. Um, the love triangle is between Lucas, Peyton, and Brooke. And it's just really interesting because... um. I really liked Lucas with both of them. I thought that he had really good chemistry with both of them, obviously because they were all friends anyway. And because Peyton and Brooke were best friends, it was like really interesting. And I honestly can't, like, I, I think I felt like I could go either way on this. Like I just liked them kind of all. Um, But honestly, I remember, I, I don't remember all the details that well. So maybe I'm, maybe I am, um, have that show on a pedestal and don't remember all the details (laughs) but I do remember being like "Mm, I'm not mad about either of these which is I think hard to do like I think that says a lot yeah the show's able to do that I read an art when I was doing research for this I read an article on like BuzzFeed that was like the best love triangles and the worst ones and one of the worst ones that they talked about was Pretty Little Liars and how Spencer and Hannah or Spencer, Hannah and Caleb how Spencer and Caleb got together, which I totally forgot about, but that did happen. Is that it was like, so weird? Is that in the late season that I never watched, or did I block Probably. that out? <gasps> it might be the late season, but because ew, Hannah and <laughs> Caleb are like Endgame, I think. Oh, but okay. That's why it was always so dumb because everyone knew they were Endgame. Yeah, I guess it's interesting to have one of the other leads be the roadblock to Endgame temporarily Mm -hmm. but like that's a really weird pairing in my opinion i actually was weird spencer hannah's my favorite of all the liars but spencer's probably my second favorite so it's not like i'd hate spencer but like that is just a interesting pairing yeah i would agree with that ranking interesting interesting well one thing i keep thinking of that's interesting to me is something that it's like on gray's early gray's when Meredith is going after McDreamy. Mm-hmm. But it's like we're seeing it from her perspective. And usually, like a love triangle, we're seeing it from like the center person's perspective, mm-hmm. I feel like. And so it's interesting that it's like, of course, we're going to root for her to win in the triangle. But like he's also married. Yeah, that's a good so, perspective. That's interesting. that's interesting. Yeah, it does usually come from the center. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it typically does, or you see them all yeah. kind of equally. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
<sighs> like we're seeing it from the other woman's perspective there. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. This is fascinating. Yeah, it's fun. Um. Okay, my number one, and I don't know if it's like really truly my favorite love triangle of all time, but I feel like I had to throw it up to the office. Jim, Pam, Roy, just because I think out of all the love triangles, I was trying to remember, like, what's the first love triangle I ever cared about or something? Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, like, so formative, and I just, like, watched it and felt, like, so many feelings about it and followed it so closely live that mm-hmm. I just, I had to give it up to that. Were you were you ever, like, Team Roy? No, I mean that's the kind of the thing. It's like we're that's mm-hmm. another one where you're really seeing it from Jim's perspective. I guess you could also say though, Jim, Pam, Karen. Well, that 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 was the one I saw online, so I hadn't even thought about Roy. But I do think that Roy, the Roy one, is more interesting. Yeah, well, and it's funny too because like seeing it from an older perspective. I think I've said this before. It's like I, it's annoying to me how mad I was at Karen back when it was the show was on because it's like she didn't do anything wrong like she didn't know about Pam at all you know so it's like yeah that was it's kind of like rude that they made us all hate Karen so much when it like it really wasn't her fault at all um and yeah the Roy thing because it is interesting where it's like yeah she's in a relationship but it's like this long nothing relationship it's just it's interesting I don't know very, very interesting. And a point you just made will come up again when we're talking about Selling Sunset in a few minutes. Yes. Wow. Good good segue material right there. <laughs> if only I didn't need to share my number one. No, no, it's okay. It'll be that little it'll be a great callback. <laughs> if we remember. <laughs> um, my number one is Handmaid's Tale, June, Nick, and Luke. Because I feel like, honestly, their love triangle is one of the most conflicting love triangles I've ever seen on TV. Like, Nick has seen everything that June has gone through in this, like, insane world. And Luke is, like, the father of her child and has been, like, waiting for her. And, ugh, I still don't even, I mean, I I think... I can't even say who I'm who I like am hoping for as like as far as endgame goes but Hmm. I do love June and Nick a lot but Luke is so great like neither of them really have any cons okay Nick has a few cons but like technically they're both really good people okay well because that's my question because I haven't I never watched up to the point where they were like reunited and stuff Mm -hmm. and I just I love when there's not a clear right and wrong triangle person like Mm -hmm. they're both good options my question to you is are you skewed because Nick is played by Max (laughs) Minghella like if he were someone else that like you just liked equally to the other guy like would that skew it or is it literally the character I want to say I'm not skewed but I probably am but, like, Luke is also extremely attractive to me. So, like, I think yeah. that they're equal, equally attractive. Okay. But I, Nick is a character I probably wouldn't. Great question. Can't answer. That's the final answer. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's allowed here in this game. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Like mentioned, one of the like biggest plot lines and is the reason for like 90% of the drama in this season is that there is another woman named Emma who apparently was in a relationship with Christine's boyfriend at the same time that Christine was in a relationship with him. And she also, Emma also works at the Oppenheim group. This is hilarious explaining this. (laughs) And, uh, they hire Emma, which she already works there. So like they like hire her to work more slash just be on this TV show. Yeah. Um, to like replace Christine while she is like on maternity leave. And, the whole drama surrounding it is just like so baffling to me because Christine is so upset that they are doing this. And I just like there is no responsibility being placed on this mystery man at all. None. 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 Even the way that Christine tells it, like she never even she's like, I saw my boyfriend with his and cheating on me basically and she doesn't even Mm -hmm. say like emma went out of her way to steal him from me like emma didn't know about her either so it's like Mm -hmm. they had the same thing happen to them yeah they should be bonding over that yes the other thing that i'm annoyed about is that we never even really get a full timeline because like emma kept dating him and like that's still a little bit mysterious too yeah like I think she's dating someone new now because she mentioned something about that but like it was like very offhand and just like the whole thing is mysterious and they I think they're doing that purposefully to like add to the drama but Mm -hmm. I just really I didn't like it yeah I agree with you like it was probably the least compelling plot line I've ever seen on this whole show which is saying a lot. Yeah. And, and I mean, and that's me saying, did I still enjoy watching the season? Yes. Like, I still was there watching Breeze through the season. But as I was watching, I was like, this is boring drama. Like, this is not interesting. These are not interesting conversations that they're forcing all these girls to have. Literally, they sit down and immediately talk about this ex from seven years ago. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. stop it. Yeah, like, I thought that the dog birthday party was way more fun and dramatic than any of that. Way more fun. And, I mean, you have Amanza sleeping on her couch, not having a car for a year and a half, trying to take care of her children and, mm-hmm. and like, real problems. And then it's like, well, no, I want to hear about everyone's, this shared boyfriend that even Heather dated, apparently, <laughs> too. Like... <laughs> That was wild, too. And we never even get a picture of this guy. Like, is he, like, the hottest man on the earth? He's probably a potato. He probably is not cute. But But I would still like to know. (laughs) I think there's a photo of him, or there's at least a name of him floating out there somewhere. I saw an article that mentioned it, and I didn't read it. So I need to go back and read it. Mm. But, and yet, I mean, you know, who cares? I'll say I also I really enjoyed watching this season. It's still amazing to see all these houses. Still loved it. Also, really fun cameos. Very, very fun cameos. Um, 
French Montana. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was fun. But the really fun one was obviously Simu Liu, friend of the pod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we wish. He was so cute. He was, yeah. He honestly, it was like seeing someone with like a fun personality was like a fre- breath of fresh air mm-hmm. too. And like seeing his, his interactions with Chriselle because... I do think that Chriselle can be not annoying, but it's like, you got to get her in the right scenarios. Yes. I th- I actually felt a little, at the beginning of the season, I was like, Chriselle, stop it. But then by the end, I actually was kind of like, all the events of, the, of like her own life and in the show, I almost felt like she genuinely was kind of like, you know what? I don't care. Like, you don't have mm-hmm. to, be- no, I don't have to be friends with everyone. Christine's never going to like me. And I kind of like it's bought true. it when she said that. And so I was like, okay. By the end, I was like, okay, I, I'm kind—I'm okay with Chriselle. I think that, of course, the producers are just going to keep asking her about it. So like she has to keep mentioning it. So I think I, I, I believe her too. And I think that the only reason it keeps getting brought up is because of the show and not necessarily her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I... On speaking of, of Chriselle, I felt like it was really interesting watching this season, knowing that her and Jason end Jason. up are dating. They're currently dating. So, like, it was really interesting because they clearly were leading the plot a little bit to, like, show little snippets of, like, Jason being jealous or, like, her mentioning, like, I just am fine on my own and, like, We'll see what happens. It can come from you when you least expect oh, it. Oh, like, when she said that, I was just like, oh, like, so they how did literally the show just do hooked that? up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just am so curious how they were able to do that. It's so interesting. Well, and like the, when, the, when Heather tries to set her up with Tarek's friend, and it's <laughs> so embarrassing for everyone involved. Well, and I was like, yeah. that was another part where I was like, actually, like, yeah, I relate to Chris Shell a little bit in this moment where she's like, um, like I'm not having fun talking to this guy and he's making me mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable and I don't need to go through the motions to like make him think I like him, you know, like mm-hmm. um even though I did think it was already really weird when the girls all stood up to just dance. <laughs> when it in a line. literally was like 30 degrees outside and on that boat, everyone was frigid. <laughs> That's so funny. But um yeah, it's like she's like, oh, like he's too young for me. I need someone. It's like they're totally setting up that it's like, I want someone that's like a man, a professional man who's like I feel comfortable around, you know. Short, can't pick me up. I want someone who's bald. (laughs) Yeah, it was the little Easter eggs foreshadowing that you couldn't ignore. Like it was wild. Times when he just would randomly say she looked hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so funny. I um I really was sad that none of that actually happened yet in this season. But it was I, smart. Yeah. And I am extremely excited for next season. I think this season, still entertaining. The drama was definitely more of a dud. But that's going to make next season even more entertaining because it's going to be legitimately wild IRL drama, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. It just felt like an appetizer. Yes. Totally. Just bridging us from 
season three to season five, basically. And because, like, I'm legitimately so excited to see each of the the realtors' reactions to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, that really is going to be really entertaining to see who well, thinks it's weird. Love Triangle again, Mary and him had already dated, too. Yeah, and they share that dog. That As dog. We all know they share the dog. I think something that was interesting to me, too, was that, like, other seasons, like, I, I'm i rarely officially, like, team Christine in the drama. Like, usually I think she's blowing things out of proportion or whatever, but she's a really good villain, so she's fun, you know? Mm-hmm. In this season, I was kind of like, she's really not being fun, and, like, she, there, I wasn't really team anyone, because I thought that the other girls were being kind of harsh, too, of, like... Like, they were ganging up on her and things at the party and all that. But I was kind of like, okay, I kind of want Christine back. Like, she's she's driving this, digging this hole way too deep. Like, it's not good, interesting. I'd rather... I I didn't find her as compelling this season as I normally do, basically. Well, I think it's because the drama was so dumb surrounding her. And then also, anything that was supposed to make us like her, I feel like was just that um was all surrounded by the way that her body looked after having yes. a baby. That's really important to bring up. That is my biggest bad. complaint about this season is that it felt like that was mentioned at least 20 times in every single episode mm-hmm. when she was, was it- pregnant and after being pregnant. Exactly. It was very gross. I really hated it and it like with the drama and the body comments i was curious like do you think that reality television can exist in a feminist like women supporting women world i mean it is hard to say because it almost exists to have women fight with each other (laughs) yes um and and it's like okay, let's say in Selling Sunset, everyone who has issues with each other because they're typically very silly, old, petty issues. If everyone mm-hmm. just decided to bury the hatchet, would it still be a good show? And I would say yes because I like seeing the logistical side of things, like the actual realty stuff, like yes, the houses working with the celebrities. Things like I like the best drama is usually when it's about the houses like falling out of escrow. <laughs> like that stuff is really interesting. Whatever that means. And you're yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like it's these houses are so fancy and so expensive. Um and so it's like I still I do think there's an argument for a show where it's actually the point isn't pitting women against each other. It's Mm -hmm. the point is showing these women that are selling homes. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really good question. Well, and I was thinking about this earlier when you were talking when we were talking about like how there's no men on the show. And I also think it would be really interesting if they were to have like male realtors featured. And like how the interactions would be in the office and like how it would change the dynamic and like. I also think like working with like male and female coworker like relationships is like an interesting thing and like I don't know. I I feel way more interested in like the work aspect than I do 
so-and-so dated this person seven years ago that also dated this person and I saw them at the gym or something. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's interesting because when you're saying that, like the male female coworker experience, the only one we have on the show right now is from the the guy is the boss, and so it's like they mm-hmm. none of the women are equals with either of the, you know, Oppenheim bros. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, that would be a fun dynamic. That's why it could be fun. This other spinoff where like we already met two new guy realtors that are going to work there i think true or there's at least one guy at that party but yeah i think that's a really good point something like we live in an area where it is a pretty small world and chances are you're going to meet someone who maybe dated someone you know or something like that like like let's say at our job like we got a new coworker. And it's someone around our age and it's a guy who like dated one of our friends or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, would we tell our boss, like, don't sit them by me? (laughs) Like, (laughs) there's just kind of part of life. Like, and so it's just so wild that that was the drama. It, It made all the women look really immature, really petty. They did not come off looking strong. And that's a shame. Yeah, especially when both women are in other relationships with other men, slash one of them is even married and has a baby. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, that's part of being an adult is like getting out of the high school mindset of like uh, owning, like there's ownership over the people you date. Exactly. They, like Christine was acting like they, or and Emma too, like they're acting like they can't even coexist with the other person. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I think I think I might have said this to someone, but it's like, yeah, the and very it was like still an entertaining season of a show, but not a strong day for feminism (laughs) at all. R.I.P. Feminism, but we still love the show. (laughs) Also, LOL, Emma's background, like what? She's like, I have a food business and it's empanadas. And, but I still like selling real estate and I have a lot of, um, celebrity clients and now I'm going to name drop Harry Styles. Prove it. Bring him on the show. Mm-hmm. Buy him a house. We'll see if it's Please. real. Anyway. Yeah. I was not a big fan of Emma. That was another thing. It's like, I didn't, I didn't really care who was going to win. It was clear to me. And I think every like, even when one the one part of Divina that I did like was when even she was like, Christine, like if there's a a if I'm caught in your lie, like what am I supposed to do? Lie for you? Like I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, like mm-hmm. when even Divina when like Davina and Maya are like sitting there looking like the confused math gift lady. <laughs> when Christine's like, Yeah, this and this and this and they're like, That does not make sense. But it's like so for me, even though Christine was like seemed to kind of be caught like cornered and didn't really and was like kind of didn't really know how to get out of it like I mm-hmm. I still wasn't really team Emma like I was never really sold on Emma I just it was just a lot of like unlikable people digging into the past in really unproductive ways great way to put it um what about the other new girl Oh, what's her name? her name? I'm pretty sure her name was Vanessa. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I think I, I liked her. I did like her more than I liked 
Emma, but there were annoying things about her, her and her plot lines. Like, I think the worst thing she did was talk about how, oh, all these bad, I hate working with women, I hate working with women, blah, 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 was really annoying. Um, and I also, I didn't really like that, like, then she had to become the go-between between all the girls. It was just, like, yeah. painful to watch, kind of. Yeah, I liked her in the beginning, especially when she was like, I'm going to find out for myself, like, who I trust and who I don't trust. Yeah. Then she was still just playing both sides because, like, if you're going to try to figure out who you're going to trust, just be friends with them and you don't have to, like, talk about that small piece of drama. But she would bring it up every single time. Mm -hmm. So she got on my nerves. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I was kind of sad that, like, there's mm, zero diversity on this show and like she's from Mexico so it's like okay here's like some diversity and then really she just became like their little message girl yeah and that was stupid I agree hmm anything else left to say about it I think we literally said everything that we could say <laughs> i think so too i i enjoyed it i'm i'm being harsh on it but i still had a great time the music was still as hilarious as ever if you aren't watching selling sunset with captions what are you doing mm-hmm. um all right with that being said who's your crush of the week I just feel like there's only one crush on Selling Sunset this this season, and it's Simu Liu. Yeah, it's true. I He's mine, too, because I literally have no one else. He's stole the show in the two episodes he was in. He really did. I wish they could have, even though he didn't even buy that house, I wish they could have just drawn out that whole thing like over the entire season. Yeah, I agree. That actually would have been agree. that would have been great because yeah, it was it was a nice change of pace and like a cute guy versus mm-hmm. a lot of other kind of like yucky guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if I'd said my crush was Tarek El Musa? <laughs> I would hang <sighs> up and leave this podcast forever Ugh. because his chain is so bad and like he like is trying to be like I just don't, I don't get the vibe and Mm -mm. everything he said and did with Heather was just, it's so sad because I actually really like Heather, but I can't with him. Yeah. They are, they are weird. He was weird. And I've never watched, like, I know that he's kind of like famous in the biz, like home, because he has that show Mm -hmm. on like whatever HGTV, which I've never isn't I've never I've never watched him, so I didn't know going in really what his vibe was. But I feel like what I had thought was very different. I really yeah. couldn't place. I don't know what his deal is at all. <laughs> Me at neither. all. <laughs> and Me I don't even neither. I don't even know what I mean by that. I just like don't understand him, and it he even like, looks different didn't than even I thought. See enough of him. I feel like. No, like, but then at the end, he, like, was all up in the drama, like, blah, 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 like, 
I, that and that was really oh weird to me too. Mm-hmm. Like the husbands egging their girls on with the drama was like so weird to me too. Yeah, they're just jealous of you, babe. I was like, <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> so they're never yeah. even gonna have a a trip of a lifetime that will come even close to our weekend trips. I think that was very something very similar that Christine's husband said that made me lol. Yeah. Oh gosh, <sighs> very weird, very weird. But and yet I recommend it. Same. Can't can't look away. Can't stop watching. No. All right. Well, uh, the time has come. This was a great palate cleanser for what we're about to talk about next week, which is. Da da da! Succession. We'll also talk about Pen Fifteen. We'll see how that fits in, but there's too much TV to cover, and we can't wait another second because I could do a probably a three-hour podcast just talking to myself about (laughs) last night's or about episode eight of Succession on this season. So it'll be a good one. I mean, little did we know. Remember when the last season of Game of Thrones was out and we did a re- like kind of a recap every episode? Like we kind of should yes. have been doing that with this season for Succession because we didn't know that every episode was going to be huge. We didn't know. We, we, didn't, we know. didn't know. Didn't know. So maybe so. you'll be getting a mini series next week every day. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Uh, if we had an if we had an intern editing this for us, then we would do that. Then we would do that for sure. But we don't, so we're not. <laughs> um, I can't wait. It'll be great. Hopefully you're caught up, and if not, get with it. Boom. Best season of television of all time. I'll say it. Spoiler alert. Truly must-see TV, the feel-bad show of the year, of the world. Truly. Of history. Of the whole world. <sighs> all right. See you slash hear you hear me and jordan next week (laughs) hear me hear me (laughs) bye bye